What's up, everybody? It's Keefe, and you're listening to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Today's podcast is an interview with Andy from Vow, who chatted all about their new collaborative album with Emma Ruth Rundle, May Our Chambers Be Full, out on Sacred Bones Records, October 30th. Check it out. And the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in Andy from Vow. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. Wonderfully is a great answer. Uh, it is not a wonderful year. This wonderful album with Emma Ruth Rundle and art and all these things. I just want to make sure you're okay. Your family's okay. The band's families are okay. You guys are not impacted by this virus. Hopefully not terribly economically impacted or by, you know, just your basic human rights of protesting and things like that. Hopefully you guys are all safe and sound. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, everyone's alive. And um, most, I think most of the people in our band would say that they're in like a okay mental state at the moment i mean like certainly you know we had to, we had to cancel a whole lot of things this year and that that was certainly uh, a huge bummer and a blow to our livelihoods but you know i mean we all have other things going on outside of the band so i mean the time away from touring and stuff was a good chance for us to all kind of you know, delve into our own thing for a little while, but it's starting to, we're starting to kind of get to the point where at least I'm and me and Brian, at least are like really itching to kind of like get back into the swing of vow things. So um, yeah, we're kind of com- coming up on that time where we need to kind of, uh, we, we're all kind of done doing our own thing. And I think we want to start moving forward. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's great to hear. And uh, again, I'm, I'm relieved to know that, uh, you know, you guys are hanging in there as well as can be under the circumstances. And, um, you know, without treading probably the obvious ground that's been covered by PR and stuff like that, obviously, uh, the band and Emma have been, you know, mutual admirers and collaborators and fans of each other toward tour mates in different bands and projects and things and obviously played festivals together like Roadburn. But um, what was the was there a particular thing that drew you guys to work together and create and write together? Yeah, well, you know, Emma had been on our short list uh, of people to collaborate with if we were going to collaborate with people. We always kind of have ideas about collaborators and tour mates kind of, you know, in the back of our heads. We talk about it a lot, kind of like, you know, if it were to happen kind of thing. So certainly she was someone we were already thinking about just in terms of our, you know, our constant quest to like, delve outside of the the metal world and and find people who are kind of like adjacent to metal but aren't and kind of um push that the boundaries of that genre in different directions so she was someone that pushed it in a certain way that i was certainly very excited about like um as i keep talking about in these uh in these interviews like uh and i overuse the word so much but like she has a, a real fragility and uh strong just some real strong emotional um i don't know how to put it these like the way she expresses herself in her music is just very powerful and intense um and it's something that i think most metal bands are missing um and so i was we were really excited to like tap into to her energy in that respect and kind of see if we could marry it with what we do so that that was kind of the thing that that drew me to her music and also just like the honesty in it. Um, and just the, you know, when, when you see her live, there's just this real raw honesty to the music. And that, that made me feel like she was probably someone who's going to be really 
approachable and someone who would who would jive well with what we do so which i think turned out to be true so that yeah that was kind of the initial pull towards her and roadburn was kind of a, an excuse to put to go forward with all this you know them them asking us to do a collaborative set at the festival you know was a good excuse for us to approach him and be like hey we were thinking about doing this anyway now we have like a reason what do you think about doing this so that was kind of how it came together amazing i have to just stop and shout out walter and Roadburn. Roadburn was the most phenomenal experience of my life going as a fan and a journalist. Uh, your band has played there several times. Uh, people are, uh, my crew are still talking about the skate park set, um, <laughs> the, the skate park set. And, uh, and of course, Emma has also been a frequent uh, person there and even a curator. So yeah, amazing. we love it. Yeah, we, we love it. And, you know, uh, Walter, whenever we played, so after Roadburn, you know, we came back home and then we went back on tour uh, to do a real European tour. And we came through Utrecht and um, and Walter came to the show out there because that's his uh, his town where he lives. And uh, he worked the door for the show, <laughs> just volu- volunteer volunteered to do it. He was like, hey, I'll work the door, uh, which is just I don't know. He, he's just such a great down to earth, uh, committed guy. And, and yeah, him asking us to do the the curator or not the curator the uh the artist in residence thing was just a real dream and i'm extremely disappointed i wasn't able to see him this year but hopefully next we'll see yeah i i definitely am i'm hoping for the best that they get to make it back they're so important uh we are seeing roots started there we started as a, a a zine basically in the netherlands around roadburn type things and bands um, so uh, we got our start now we're a much different type of thing but we still love roadburn we still cover roadburn so it's important it's very important to the world um but yeah and this record is phenomenal and of course uh, i'm talking about may our chambers be full on sacred bones coming out in a few weeks from now uh i've really spent some time with this it's it's really a fantastic record and it is really like a venn diagram of styles of both thou and emma um it's it's amazing how i mean i guess it shouldn't be that amazing but it is still amazing to hear how seamless you guys were able to sort of co-join what you both do and have it all be united and and not lose your identities it's really uh special there's something magical about it it has to be I hope so. I hope that's what people think. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it certainly was a blending of styles, but I don't think it was something that we really, we didn't really sit down and talk about. It's just the music that happened is kind of just what happened when I sat down to write some songs and what happened when Emma went to write some songs and then a couple of the things that kind of came up uh, during the process. Uh, you know, it wasn't something that we had long discussions about. It's just, you know, kind of, we were just at least with Emma, the songs that Emma wrote and the songs that I wrote, um, we talked about it later as like, we were writing these songs for each other. Like, you know, I I wrote uh, at least the majority of the stuff I wrote, I was thinking about Emma and her voice, like, and how I was trying to write songs that would showcase some of the stuff that she has that we don't. I think she was trying to do the same. So I think that's, that's really how the music writing portion was driven. So, um, yeah, we didn't we didn't sit down and be like we gotta you know really channel our '90s alt influence here or anything like that. <laughs> right on, and uh, and that, I think just naturally, of course, putting yourself in another point of view or perspective from a writing standpoint, it's got to be a challenge, but also gratifying on the other side when you hear the final album. 
Yeah. I, well, I mean, it was it was a very welcome challenge because I, you know, I've been at a point with Val for, for a few couple years now, really. Um, we're really ever since our last record, um, where I'm just, you know, I'm not entirely sure where I want to take things as far as the stuff that I write for Val. Um, I, I've been kind of trapped by our own conventions and, and, and the styles that we fall into, and you know, I I go down, I sit down to write music, and I could. I could probably, you know, shit out another like heathen sounding thing if I wanted to, but writing something that's going to really push us forward is a challenge. So, so having this opportunity to write songs and have the permission to kind of write in a different style because, because Emma was involved was a way for me to like break out of my own conventions and, um, you know, do some kind of less thou kind of stuff. So it was, yeah, the challenge was a very welcome challenge. Nice. Maybe by being less Thaui, you will become more that more future Thaui in the future. That, I know that's that is the idea. <laughs> I don't know. Poor I don't know. Kid, but still not sure how I'm going to pull that off. But I mean, who knows? Maybe by this time next year, we'll find out. Nice. I understand. Um, I also don't want to miss the opportunity to just discuss the visual aspect, uh, the Craig Mulcahy photos. In terms of just kind of putting across this overarching visual aspect, and Val has always been, a, uh, you guys have always done a wonderful job, like expressing visually something to accompany your music and just kind of, you know, having a great aesthetic overall. Uh, I think these these photos are very interesting. And obviously, there's a sort of a mindset that goes along with this entire piece of music and these photos. Yeah, um, hopefully that's something that comes across. I mean, the the visual stuff you know most of that is brian's territory he he you know he'll he'll have he'll say like i have these ideas like we had he basically sent us like a mood board of sorts of just like quotes he was thinking of and pictures and uh, these videos of these uh these ecstatic dances from uh, mary wigman this that are all on youtube old old like um kind of avant-garde dance stuff and he was like i want to do something that's like evokes stuff and that was the video those videos our friend um built a built like a edit for us to that's what was playing behind us when we did the collaborative set at roadburn Uh, that was that was the video but um but yeah so we were kind of drawing on those things and then uh, getting craig involved was just you know he's gonna bring his own style to it and I, i know that you know brian had this idea about the figures and you know, we had talked about making masks and um, and having these kind of like shapeless things. And he 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 told me all these ideas. And then I wasn't there for the the photo shoot, but um, when he sent back the when I when we got the first like rough um, pictures, I could instantly see how Brian's idea kind of met up with what Craig does because Craig's style of photography, even if he's doing a portrait for like you know. Uh, a local magazine or something it, it still is very distinct and he has this very um i don't i don't know how to put it exactly but it, it's it's again like i've said with emma's music it's very raw like he when he photographs people it's very raw in his his art studio his space is is a real raw space and i think all of that kind of comes across in in his pictures so um yeah it was really cool i had been trying to push brian to move into more photography and for you know our album art for a while now because 
uh, I was really sick of the woodcuts. And I think, you know, so many bands are doing it nowadays too. So it's like, you know, and it's, it's finite material. You're going to run out eventually. And a lot of people are familiar with the woodcuts already. So I, I've, this was like the real culmination of like what I was hoping our album covers would look like, you know? So hopefully we do a little bit more on that front with, and with Craig, because he's, it's just cool to have like another, collaborator in our in our circle and have him there you know and he did our he did our um our press photo for sacred bones too which was a really fun experience just i i I like that we played a little more with the visual stuff in that way it's better than just letting brian like apply a filter to a woodcut for sure (laughs) right on i love that photo by the way that uh series of photos the sacred bones stuff uh yeah we had had some mixed reviews on that one Not for me. And I think, you know, like if everything is too serious, then nothing is. And like, you have to allow artists to be artists. And I think that's have a kind of a thread about this. We'll may get to later, but you know, you, you don't need to ask permission. You're an artist, right? You don't have to, you can't ask permission and you surely shouldn't have to from your fans or yourself. Um, like, can I, am I allowed to do this when you start getting into that is probably a problem, but, um, it's true. You know, journalists do we ask we are existential crisis people we ask am i allowed to do this or is this wrong like (laughs) we have that responsibility not artists um but yeah you know and the music like i said uh i keep coming back to some of these tracks monolith magical cost and the valley in particular really i've listened to over and over but the whole record as a whole is it is quite a journey like you alluded to earlier and um you know there is just kind of a lot of this you know, like the, the the background video and the photos shoot. It's just the it feels like a period piece that's also out of time in a way, um, but somehow also is very relatable. Even if you don't know, you know clearly, you know, I want to guess what it's about or start guessing at what the lyrics mean. But um, it is very relatable. Um, we live in a strange time where just uh, I think we've lost a lot of old common sense values and also just you know not everything has to be political but in the same way everything is kind of political (laughs) you know i don't know if there was a a, a sort of a concept once the two of you started writing together thou and emma but uh it does seem conceptual beyond just the kind of these these other pieces yeah i mean i don't think that there was again like i don't think that's something that that was like we set out to do from the beginning, like we're going to write a record about, you know, this and that. But I think that like, you know, given the nature of Emma's music, which is deeply personal music, you know, that was bound to happen. Like whenever she writes lyrics, her lyrics are extremely personable. And so they're going to evoke a certain mood. And I think Brian picked up on that and maybe, um, maybe like was a little more personal with his approach as personal as he can get with what he does. Um, Cause it, one, one of his gifts is, is really being able to like, you know, form these, these lyrics that like they can convey a lot of ideas, but they also can be viewed in a lot of different ways. And, and he, he uses different perspectives a lot in his music to where there's a, there's a lot of layers of meaning usually, whereas Emma's music is just very direct and the, you know, there's, lots of metaphor, but you kind of get the sense that it's a very deeply personal thing. So I think Brian leaning into that a little bit is why the record comes across um, a little differently than a Val record would. So yeah, it certainly wasn't something that we like sat down and, and talked about. And, you know, I don't think there's any, um, I don't think there's necessarily any overarching 
political thing in there outside of like our usual you know um, complete contempt for capitalism which probably comes across in there somewhere um but you know definitely not anything we like sat down and, and talked about there's still a lot of in there for people to kind of get their own meaning from some of the songs fair enough fair enough um again sirens apologies um oh, oh brooklyn anyway um you know, I, I wanted to kind of ask you just on a more personal level, do you write from project to project or are you always kind of writing and fishing for ideas and cataloging them personally? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, I kind of go and, and I fluctuate a lot. And, you know, for the majority of our band's life, I have just had a lot of shit in my back pocket and I've just kind of Frankenstein it together to build songs. Um, that was really the result of like just the way I was spending my time at that point. And like, I also, through a, a lot of the years, I was working at a music store where I had a lot of downtime and I, I literally would just fiddle around on guitar all day. So I would naturally just like come up with little things. Now it's way more intentional. Like, you know, I still play guitar all the time, but you know, if, if, if it's time to like start working on a record, I like sit down and I'm like, I need to work on a song for the record, you know? And that was certainly what happened with the Emma stuff. It was like, okay, we're doing this record today. I'm sitting down and I'm writing a song for that record, you know? Um, so, so this time around was, was way more intentional. And now that's kind of more the way that I work. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Um, but I, I tend to, I tend to have like two or three different projects floating around like a thou thing plus maybe my own music and maybe something I'm working on with someone else. And I think I just, I just bounce from project to project, like, you know, two or three in a circle and, and hopefully get a little bit done out of all three of them in the course of a week or a month or something like that. I think this Emma record is really the last time that I sat down and, and just like knocked out a bunch of songs, like kind of quickly and sent them to everyone. Um, so hopefully when Thou picks back up, I can kind of uh, settle back into that mood. But but Emma was a really good motivator for that because she was doing the same thing. So we were just sending songs back and forth and that really like amped me up to like work on more stuff. So it's, yeah, you kind of have to get into a flow state with it, which um, you know, hoping to get back into soon if I can. Nice. Um, I feel like in a way the pandemic kind of cheated us out of kind of the potential of maybe uh, a further tour. I know you guys did some touring together, the pre Roadburn shows at Vitus and things like that. But I feel like this album is so great and deserves to be like performed live or in one piece or even maybe become a concert film or something. I'm selfish. So I put my, I put my own passions out there sometimes in the hopes that they'll happen. But um, I, was there any future plans for you guys to tour this year? Obviously that's all kiboshed because of things. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot. There were lots of plans. I mean, we had, we had an offer that from a festival in Tasmania, um, that was going to be a real big deal. Um, and we were going to try and bring Emma with us and do it there. And we also were going to do around that. We were going to try to work in, uh, Australia and New Zealand dates, which we've been trying to do for years and just haven't been able to make it work. So that was one thing. And then, you know, migration fest was supposed to happen that we were going to do a collaborative set there. And we actually planned a whole U S tour around migration where we were going to go all up the East coast and, and do that. And then, 
we had been talking, well, we're still talking about um, doing Europe. Um, we had already started like putting the feelers out for that, which that still might happen if, if things open up. If we're able to travel next year, um, that might happen. But yeah, and, and plus there's like a number of different little festivals we were going to hit. Um, some small, some some slightly larger, but just, um, yeah, there was a ton of plans. But, th- but definitely the plan is the next tour we do will be with Emma and we'll be playing just the songs from this record. We're not going to write any more songs. I don't think anyone is is ready to delve back into that process because it was an extremely tedious one. Um, so yeah, the, the next thing we do will be that. And, um, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I think there's a possibility that, you know, we could potentially do the full collaboration at Roadburn again, but you know, that's, that's not set in stone or anything. So, so we'll just have to see, but definitely there will be lots of, lots of touring when touring is a thing, there'll be that with Emma for sure. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, I just have a couple more for you, man, honestly. Um, I am always been really impressed. I guess uh, this is a credit to the band, but you guys have been able to kind of cultivate your fan base to go with you on any route you choose. They seem to follow along um, for the most part. Uh, you're always going to have some people who are like, no, that's not for me. I'll wait for the next one. But it seems like your audience is, accepts the chameleon-like nature of the band and seems like you have had a hand in that, like grooming them for when things are changing or this is going to be something you might like. This may not be for everybody. It seems like a, a skill you guys have learned. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I think that... Um... I think we definitely have purposely tried to alienate the people that we don't think will really get us in the long run. Even when we were still a band that primarily was just playing super heavy, you know, 12 minute songs. Um, I think we were still with, with the aesthetics and with the way that we approached touring, we were deliberately trying to weed out people who we thought wouldn't be on the journey with us in the long run. You know, people who, you know, who only listen to metal people, you know, as well as, you know, we were trying to just weed out all the like jocks and all the like, um, just like meatheads by, by like having t-shirts with, um, you know, two or, or whatever, you know, um, like we, we, so that the people that would be left would be the people that kind of got us. And, and I think that that's really what's happened is that like, we've made we've made kind of a um we've made we've made our band and like or we've tried to make our band and kind of at large like the people that we surround ourselves with we try to make that as like a haven for people who don't fit elsewhere in the music scene and i think that's if there's any reason outside of just our music that people tend to stick with us through the weird stuff i think that's why i think it's because like they don't expect us to put out no, no one who's like a, a dedicated fan of our band who know, who like has actually followed what we've done. I don't think any of them would expect us to put out another record that's like another one that we put out ever. Like, I don't think they would expect that from us. And I think it's really humbling for me personally that a lot of people put enough faith in what we do to where even when we make an off the wall record, like Inconsolable or something like that, they're down for the journey and they're like pre-order the record and all that stuff. And like they'll they'll you know give it a chance that's that's like the the great triumph of being in this band honestly for me um 
so yeah, hopefully, hopefully we've done a good job of alienating some people. I mean, I think it's still a work in progress. I think that like, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's like definitely an ongoing thing and we still get some people who like, I don't know, they're really surprised that we're like political at all somehow, or they're really surprised that like, you know, we don't give a shit about, I don't know, Iron Maiden or, um, Channel Mass or whoever, like, I don't know. It's still surprising to some people somehow. So we're, it's a work in progress. We're still, we're still working on alienating some of those people. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Amazing. It's almost like a, uh, in a strange way by doing the opposite of what the sort of prescribed, how to make it in music, like engage everybody, don't alienate anyone, be great at social media. That was kind of bucked all those trends and all those conventions. Well, kind of. I mean, I think we've still definitely, you know, you got to play the game to some to some extent if you want people to give a shit. I mean, we've made lots of compromises. There's we've dealt with plenty of people calling us sellouts and that kind of thing. We've we've got no shortage of critics. Um, so I don't know. I mean, th there's always going to be some compromise, but I think if the main thing for us is just to like with with how we present the band, the band should be an extension of the people that we are and it should reflect the people that we are. And I think that's kind of the main thing. And if it's doing something other than that, like, then I don't know, we're playing, we're like cosplaying and that's, that's lame. So exactly. yeah. like it. I like that. Uh, just kind of for a final thing, and this is more of an observation on my part and less of a question, but I remarked recently that I feel like cover band in the world <laughs> nobody wants to be known just for covers but the fact that you guys are so great at covers and have done a lot of amazing covers whether it was the misfits set live whether it's the nirvana stuff all the stuff on Bandcamp, which i always shout out and the recent allison chains cover which i absolutely loved the take on it um you know when you guys are approaching the cover and obviously look your main original music is the thing, but I do think that covers are fun and do serve a purpose for bands and fans. Uh, is there a process you guys do? Is it always, you know, picked from a, a, a collective <laughs> of things? How do you guys choose them? Uh, well, it's kind of like I said, with us having a, a running log of like who we're going to collaborate with or tour with, we always have like, so we have like a, a internal band doc somewhere that's like, just has a list of all the shit we're thinking about, all the people, all the covers, all the concepts for records. Like we have, we have that written somewhere, you know? So the, the cover thing is just kind of like whoever comes up with an idea. And then the way that it's actually determined how it's going to be arranged and all that is just, it's, you know, we're, we're dummies. It's just like whoever is going to sit down, usually it's me, <laughs> whoever's going to take the time to sit down and actually learn how to play the thing on guitar, they're the one who's going to determine most of it has changed a little bit now and, and brian's gotten a lot more involved with like arrangement ideas but at the end of the day it's like yeah this cover is not happening until one of us takes it home and learns it on guitar and shows it to everyone so that's kind of the way like it comes about and um and really well a lot of these came about because there's people that just asked us to do stuff like some of these compilations we've been on um just asking us to to contribute a song and we're like well that's easy enough and we like the song and why not you know um but that said i think that this year we've really reached a critical mass of covers and uh i'm very i'm very excited to like um get back to original stuff i think i'm i might be tapped out on the covers for a little while um just because it's the the process of doing them is is just it's fun but it's it's you know 
I'm not exercising all the right muscles when we do covers. I'm not like applying the full force of my creative brain when we do the covers. Um, so very excited to, to use the full brain soon, hopefully. <laughs> right on. The full brain treatment. Andy, man, thank you so much for sharing some time with Ghost Cult. Uh, of course, Emma Ruth Rundle and Val collaborative album, Air Chambers Be Full, is coming out from Sacred Bones on October 30th. I really appreciate you, man. It's not easy to answer these questions about art and what you do. Thank you so much for spending some time with Ghost Cult. Yeah, thank you, Keith. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the thoughtful questions. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Yep. All right. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultman.com. We're out. Peace.